When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Deadline Dilemmas ahead of game week five. First of all, apologies that we're doing this a little bit later, but I think one of the advantages of that is we've got a deadline tomorrow once again. So that's what, five game weeks in a row. And as always, actually, I'll introduce Praz in a second because we've got a special guest um, who I don't even think was advertised, but we're happy to have you, Seb. How, how's it going? I'm all right, mate. I, I prefer not being advertised. Just just sneak <laughs> in and, and do it. Do another pop with you, my friend. You know what? What better way to spend spend both ends of my week than talking FPL with you? I know. No, it's perfect. Perfect. We we start the week with dread after well, dread because we've got work on Monday <laughs> and now we finish it finish it on a high on with, Friday. With dread because we have FPL at the weekend. Well, exactly. <laughs> Although it's a stressful week, isn't it, Praz? <laughs> very stressful. Very stressful. So good to have Seb basically as the voice of reason. And we'll we'll see his team and then he'll tell us why. We're being absolutely idiotic running after sun because the teams look fine and the midfields look fine. And that's why we've got the voice of reason, Seb. <laughs> well, I can I can try my best. Yeah. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And there's still 30% off in the members area, in the Fantasy Football Scout members area. So for those watching, the, co- uh, the link's in the description below. But I think as we've got three of us today, we're going to go, I guess we'll go through our teams, go through the dilemmas we have. Um, I think Seb, you you've seen quite relaxed, unless me and Seb can shake you in the next forty five minutes or so. I mean, yeah, I, I could do with a good shaking on a Friday night. Um, so yeah, I think my I'm probably gonna gonna roll. Uh, my team is as it's been for a little while, right? Relatively template with Edison, Jewel, Gusto, Gabriel, Rashford, Zaka, Fernandez, Foden, Umbumo, Jackson, and Harland up front. A couple of Brighton players on the bench, which I think is where they will stay. Not just because minutes concerns for Jao Pedro, but I do think the rest of the eleven is is better. Especially if I think Gabriel starts, which I do. If Sinjenko plays, I think therefore that's the better pick than a Stupanan. We'll see if my call is wrong there. So for me, the main thing I was wondering this week was was Reese James going to be back, and therefore did I have a defensive problem myself? Sounds like James isn't back, and when he is back, I may be wildcarding. So a little bit of a gift there. So my my dilemma is is roll or do I go and rip something up for like Madison Son? Do I go early on Morris? And I think really I'm I'm gonna roll. I'll take I'll take the twenty point hit tomorrow when Son scores another hat trick, <laughs> and I'll get him on my wild card in game week eight. Which I think when we come to your teams is possibly the main differentiator here, right? I'm I'm chilling a bit because I can get him on wild card, whereas I think other people maybe feel the pressure to go now because they can't get him in a couple of weeks time. So quick question, Seb. How much do you have any money in the bank? I have 0.1 and uh Rashford is 8.9. So that would be okay. That would be so the you cannot can even get. if you if you had to, you couldn't get to Sun. Not <laughs> that you you want to, or you had you know, basically just checking there. And I guess if you're anchored towards game week eight wildcard, then the Spurs FOMO is even lower because you know that for Luton you can get whoever you want. Yeah, I think that's the I think people who aren't wildcarding in game week eight are probably thinking, well, I know I want Son for this stretch, especially if he's playing up front. And if I get him now, I get a lovely fixture to sort of cherry on that cake, which I think is which is a reasonable decision. For me, if I know I can get him for Luton and I can skip two hard games, and yes, one easy game, but an easy game where I don't think we can be a hundred percent confident that he's definitely playing up front, like 80%. Give yourself 80%, give yourself 80% of penalties. That's very confident, but I don't feel forced into having to make the move. Whereas people who aren't penciling in a game with eight wildcard, I guess that flips and you see the potential upside of well, going early now, I can get some points on the board. Are you locked yeah. into a game week eight wildcard then? I, uh, I guess I rolling say... means you're more open to to what the, ro- the role is basically to like you know what Morris and seven maybe a goalkeeper something like that it's probably what I do with the team or it gives me the trippier option because I'd need funds for that as well with the defense 
I wouldn't say locked, locked, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Well, for my team, and I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of people's teams, to be fair, because we all have relatively similar teams. And we spoke about this on Monday, Rich. There was that sort of eight, nine, ten. There was that little window where in one of those weeks, a wildcard makes a lot of sense. And when you go, probably just comes down to how many Arsenal players you have or something like that. And with Pedro on the bench, were you tempted at all to start him over in Buemo? Nah. No? Nah. Unless, unless... It's interesting with, obviously, I know Welbeck's back, Ferguson... Yeah might be back but i've seen some predictors very very confident that pedro pedro starts see that what i was going to say unless unless we're certain he starts then maybe i'd think about it a bit more so if we got a uh, leak tomorrow yeah i mean i i would think about it but i'm pretty comfy in umbumo minutes and penalties pedro maybe minutes and then penalties if minutes so it feels a little bit surer on umbumo i think at the moment the interesting thing on pedro penalties i just wanted to mention this because someone said it has Pedro taken a penalty while Ferguson's on the pitch? Looked at the preseason friendlies and he actually didn't. Ferguson wasn't on the pitch. Is that a really interesting point? But yeah. I, I I lack the knowledge to know if that's actually useful or not. Like, is I, yeah, Ferguson a penalty taker? Pascal Gross was the one we wanted to know, wasn't it? And he took one with Gross on the pitch, I believe. I have no idea what Ferguson's penalty record is or whatever. I think we just have to go with what we know, which is Pedro's yeah. on pens. Yeah, maybe I was trying to talk myself out of Pedro as being a Pedro <laughs> owner, long long time sufferer who who can't even who can't even bench him. I guess last question to you, Seb, on your team tomorrow. If we hear Foden's not starting, or if Foden's on the left, let's say we get a lot of news uh, yeah. on 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 their team, and he plays the Grealish role, which you know a lot of people may say is not as attacking as if he plays that right role where he's tucking in. Thoughts there? Switch to Madison. I mean, I guess. Foden playing the Grealish role doesn't mean he he's going to play like Grealish. Yeah, like there's, there's there's actually a reason that often when they're in the team, Pep sets it up in a certain way. They fair. have very different attributes, and I think Foden even playing that sort of wider role, more about progressing possession. We've seen I have fond memories of him almost looking a bit like Leroy Sane sometimes. You know when he's been playing that wide left, doesn't mean he would, of course, tomorrow. But yeah, if he wasn't starting, then maybe there's a Foden to Madison move there for me because then I'm either playing Jao Pedro and maybe losing further value on Foden. So that might be the one thing that hits me over to a to a Spurs player. Nice. We got him, we got him Rich. He can make a Spurs transfer tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to be fair, Seb has made a couple of late transfers this season. I mean, he almost went for Sterling and then didn't. And then I guess lucked out with Gusto, which got, got a bit more my, fortunate today. <laughs> my, my, my season so far has been a story of not making a late transfer. That's Saliba one, mate. Still got Gabriel, sat there ruining all my plans. This is time. This is his time, though. This <laughs> is the bullet header. This is the game. So I put your screen on, uh, your team, rather. I put your team on the screen, Praz. Yep. So Turner in goal, Chilwell, DS and Saliba. Um, then... I don't think defense needs anything. I was considering Saliba to Udogi or Poro, but just feels a little bit more passive at the moment. So I didn't do it because I think Arsenal's clean sheet odds are fine. City is City. Uh, then in midfield, Saka, Bruno, Rashford, Sterling, Mbumo. This is where we'll spend all the time. But mm-hmm. to finish it off, I have Jackson and Haaland. And I'm benching his Tupinian as well. We are all going to be you know, a little bit more analytically minded. So we're all going to be benching as Tupinan, but just a word for people who want to play him, fine. I mean, if your view is that, you know, clean sheets are far, few and far between and you want to play an attacking defender over a Saliba, up to you. I just think the the, the clean sheet odds are that much better for Arsenal that I just feel Saliba is the better play. Now, midfield. I was basically going to roll and... The idea was that if Spurs completely punish me, then I can game week eight wildcard, just like Seb is thinking about, where I can dump on my Chelsea that have disappointed, my Man United that have disappointed, get in the right Spurs guys, maybe Liverpool, Aston Villa, and so on and so forth. But the thinking is, there's, there's a few opportunities, and we're all learning, right? Early season stats, underlying data, it's all, we're still learning. Things are changing. There's a new manager. We know now that you know Spurs is an attacking side one of the most attacking sides. And Sun has played a game up top in which he's done really well. It was three shots on target, three goals. So I do get that there is an overreaction, but I feel it's a nice opportunity to jump on a guy who's got a really nice fixture now. On many models, he's the projected to be the highest scoring midfielder. And I feel just go for it because I don't see in this team that I need to make desperate transfers in the next couple of weeks anyway. 
So if things don't work out, we'll make another transfer. But why am I being a little bit passive and thinking about maybe I won't get Sun? He's playing Sheffield United and he's a great captain. Whether I captain him or not, we'll have that discussion later. I'm just thinking I need to, you know, I should do the move. So you guys tell me, is it just like another Sterling where you go for a guy who did well the last week or it makes a little bit more sense than that? And please say later. <laughs> I think I think there are Sterling vibes only in the fact that, you know, you are bringing in points from last week, hoping that that is predictive of future points. However, I think you have more, you can, you can have more confidence in Son than Sterling in terms of, previous pedigree when you know this role change happened potentially penalties although i don't think we have confirmation of that but it's a it's a sensible shout and of course some some kind fixtures as well which sterling did have you mentioned about you know son was it about one 1.1 xg three goals fine that's son we know he does that i think he also played an opposition that was kind to him but he doesn't need to get a hat trick again he just needs to get one goal yeah if you can make the move and it doesn't harm anything else and i think that was maybe the difference with sterling people were making that move despite other things Whereas in this case, if you just have a sensible Son move, sounds great, especially if you're going to captain him. So then I think the question comes, who do you lose? And that's almost more interesting. That is interesting. So maybe, okay, Rich, you tell me. You're you're, you're having the same debate. So first, let's talk about why are you thinking about Son when you have a fantastic midfield yourself? Yeah. I mean, I I first of all want to say, I, I thought the Sterling move, for me anyway, I found that a lot easier than this Son move. Because I guess me and Praz both had Martinelli. Um, I found Martinelli a lot easier to sell because we know he's not on penalties. And he does have some minutes risk. And Chelsea had a sustained good run of fixtures. So for me, I found that move a lot easier. The Son move, I, I was pretty set on rolling or doing or bringing in Trippier or something for the entire week. And then when I read the rumours about, you know, Saka's been playing with a knock... And obviously he's still been playing. He still played for England in the first game anyway. So that kind of got me thinking, oh, maybe Saka's minutes aren't that great. And then it got me thinking about bringing in Son. And I feel like I've been trying to now put down Saka in my head so I can justify bringing in Son. I think it's a bit of that. You have to accept that Son's a good pick and his minutes are fine. So Saka. So you're you're just taking a risk of selling a good player for another good player. Yeah, and that's I think, fine. Yeah, and I think because for me, I've got. I mean, we've got the same midfield. I'm looking at selling Saka, but I do see that. I mean, if you sold a Man United midfielder, at least you can justify you spread the risk a little bit more. Like you've almost got, you know, you've got a player for for every team. Yeah, and also I'm now thinking I'm not gonna just to chuck this in there. I'm thinking I'm not gonna wild card in eight to 10 as well. So this would then be a move I would definitely do in eight. I'll definitely do Saka to Son in game week eight. I think there's no way I can get away with that. So the counter to that point is you Mm. will now definitely do... So let's say if you didn't sell Saka. So if like me, you're thinking selling Bruno, I would still do Saka to Madison in game week eight. So you haven't changed a second transfer because I think I'll want both Son and Madison for Luton and Fulham at home in eight and nine. And then I'll wildcard in 10. So it's not, so you can tell yourself, yes, I'll do Saka to Sun, but you'll also need to do another transfer to get Madison if you were inclined to do that. I I think that's the thing. Maybe that's the difference. I'm not that fussed about Madison. I know he's very, very popular. I I think I'd rather, I mean, I'd almost certainly rather have the Man United midfielders. And I mean, Sterling, when he goes, he's going to become Salah. I'm almost certainly going to sell Haaland. So yeah, I think for me, it would just, I'll just be getting Son in now. And I think when you look over the next three, the fixtures for Arsenal and Tottenham are very, very even, aren't they? Mm. So if you want the points now, or the expected value now, point that's probably easier to get now, or the points. Um, you'd, you'd have some now. Obviously, if he blanks, it's a bit of a disaster. And I don't think it would make the game week any easier because, I mean, all of us, we only have, well, we don't have a Spurs player between us. So even owning Son is going to be a nightmare because we haven't got Madison, we haven't got a doggy, we haven't got Poro to a much lesser extent. And then selling Saka is going to be a nightmare. So this is not an easy decision, but I think we've got to get used to it this season. Just looking, you mentioned fixtures there. So just Mm. in the members area, just pulled up the ticker for just the next three. So five, six, seven. Losing top because the double, obviously. But we then have like Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Cool, we've got some of those players. Um, Arsenal, Man United, just mentioned Arsenal there are well ahead of Tottenham in the next three. It really is that Spur- that uh, Sheffield United fixture for Spurs. So Tottenham, with the fixture ticker here, are bottom five, 
but obviously a massive blue fixture in Sheffield United, then Arsenal and Liverpool. Arsenal, Everton, Tottenham, which the fixture sticker considers quite good for them, to be fair, at home, and then Bournemouth, and Man United, Brighton, although questions over their defence, so we'll see about that, and then Burnley and Palace. So I think if if all three game weeks happened this weekend at once, I think a lot of people wouldn't be making the Son move. Now, obviously, you could reverse yeah. it if you really wanted to optimise your fixtures. But if you're gonna if you're gonna do Saka or Fernandez or Rashford to Son, you're probably not gonna reverse it. So I think it's a really interesting question. Are we just really focusing on the twenty points he'll probably bring us tomorrow? But then in three weeks' time, you'll look back and go, "Oh, well, actually, they all scored twenty five. It just came in a different order." But I guess even I mean, we were discussing this before the stream started. Even in the models, rate my teams and other models. Even despite this thing of three fixtures, Sun is higher expected points than both. I mean, Bruno is very marginal, and Saka, I guess, by one point or something. So it's not much in it. It's so we can't use fixtures as an argument to say one is clearly better. But yes, there's not much in it in terms of four more to get him for one fixture is what you're saying. And I Arsenal... think that's exactly. Oh, sorry, please, Richard. Oh, no, I was just gonna say when you look at Arsenal's fixture, like, look over the next five, for example, they've only got two home games, and it's Spurs, which obviously North London derby, and Man City. And I mean, obviously, I much prefer. I mean, everyone prefers home games. So I look at those Arsenal fixtures. The easy games are Everton and Bournemouth, but they're they're away games. So maybe I'm trying to talk myself into you know being able to justify Saka to Son, but. I don't think it's that outlandish. And I guess we'll get onto the captaincy discussion in a bit. And I mean, it's something I could happily roll and I wouldn't feel like it's a bad move as in just to play Saka. Also, maybe Saka and Son's minutes are a little bit high as in Saka could be carrying this injury. We don't know for sure. Maybe you can bump a few minutes off him. But then Son, I was reading earlier, less than 60% of games for Spurs, he's actually finished the game. Right. So... I mean, he's not like a he's not like a Bruno Fernandez, for example. Who I mean, perhaps you might look at selling. For, so I guess that's worth bearing in mind as well. It but, is. It yeah. is. So shall I talk about Bruno Fernandez and why I'm thinking about it? I mean, it's it's just you know, it's there is no logical reason. I mean, you know, he's 90 minutes on penalties. Hoyland is coming back. All of the things to play in a right way. I shouldn't be selling Bruno, but. Hey, you know, the thing is, I've been doing content for two years. If I was doing this move three years ago, I wouldn't even think about it. Because all the other non-quantitative reasons, which is Man United has had off-field problems. They don't have a right winger who is actually does a lot of defensive work. They don't have a second central midfielder because Mount was supposed to be the guy. He got injured. Amrabat has been signed. He's not ready. So Ericsson played against Arsenal. He can't play 90 minutes. He had to play 90 minutes. So maybe these are narratives. But what I'm saying is the team is not right. From an attacking perspective, it's still a good team. From a defensive perspective, it's not. Brighton at home, I will not be surprised if we lose. So maybe that's the fan in me. It could be a 3-2. And you know, from an FPL perspective, it's fine. But I'm just worried. And I feel, should I have two players from this team where I'm worried that we may even lose this game against Brentford at home, against Palace at home. These are good home games. Man United is a good team at home. But I just think, do I need to have two players from this team? And maybe the answer is no. It's not the right way. I repeat, I think over the next five, my game week 10 window is wildcard window, says Man United is top of the ticker. It doesn't feel right selling them. But I just feel as a fan, as a you know, call it a non-sensible player, sell one of them and just go from there. Allow me to push back slightly on you saying it's not right or it's not sensible. So like optimal, it's obviously a word that's thrown around. And when we talk about that, we talk it in very cold terms. You may reason that this is not the optimal move in terms of you trying to get access to the most points possible. But unless you're a robot, FPL is not just about the most points possible. You've just mentioned you support Man United. You're going to spend your weekend thinking about FPL. You're, you're here talking to us about it. The emotion element here is something you should consider. Now, if you are fully able to set that aside, just go with the cold, hard, whatever you think is the most likely outcome. But if there are two likely outcomes that are quite close, I think going with the thing that will give you potentially the best weekend or at least the least stressful sleep tonight is a very valid argument. And we definitely shouldn't put that down. Like some of my... Some of my personal happiest FPL memories haven't just been scoring lots of points, but scoring lots of points in a weekend where I just got to go, phew, 
you know, not so, so celebrating, but more the relief. Yeah. And so I think I think that's an important element to consider when you're thinking about your moves, especially when they're close. We did talk about it on Scoutcast how, as a, obviously I'm not a Man United fan, so if Man United lose 6-4, I, as in, in the nicest possible way, I don't care. Like, I'm happy because Man yeah. United have scored four goals. And it's probably Bruno and, and Rashford involved. And I think we had this a couple of years ago when Ronaldo played for you. As in your attack, the stats all look really good. Yep. And I remember there was that double game week where Ronaldo scored a hat-trick and there was a lot of people saying, well, why are you bringing in Man United players? They're, they're bad, but your attack was good. And yep. I still think that's the case. I mean, you're not like prime Man City or anything, but with those fixtures, I'm more than happy holding Rashford and Bruno. And I still can't decide which one I want to sell, which doesn't help. Like when it was between Saka and Martinelli, that was an easy sell for Martinelli. Bruno v Rashford, I couldn't pick between them because you've got the exciting player in Rashford, but then you've got Bruno Fernandes, who's almost like he's built for FPL in a way, like with the minutes, the penalties, he doesn't get injured. When he is injured, he still plays. That's the thing with Bruno. I mean, he will always create chances. He'll always be playing 90 minutes. And so it, from a model perspective, he's a darling. So I, I completely get it. But then when I think of, again, the next three... Saka is away to uh, Everton, away to Bournemouth. I think there will be a lot of time for him on the ball. You know, Arsenal are just a better team, man. I mean, it hurts me to say that as a Man United fan. But I get you as well that they don't need to win these games to to deliver FPL points. I have no sensible argument to make than just a gut feel that I think selling Bruno is, is the move. And I can't even compare him to Rashford because a lot of people will say, look, Rashford around Champions League, maybe he doesn't play 90 minutes. You have Garnacho who could play there. I just think with um you know, I just I just think with, with Hoyland coming back, you will have <laughs> a central striker that, that Rashford likes to play against. Some people think that Hoyland may take some chances and, and, and and you know he may not be the pivot or we may attack less from the left. I disagree with that because Martial was the same. I mean, eighteen months ago Martial or twelve months ago Martial. But he just wasn't fit. So when Martial played, Rashford played a lot better as well. So I'm actually fairly confident that Rashford should continue to do well. And the other thing in my mind is Saka is goals, Rashford is goals, Bruno is more assists. So XGI is great, but is it coming more from assists or expected penalties that we think he will get? All are valid arguments, but I don't see Bruno scoring a brace in any game. Rashford or Saka could score a brace. He does have, it feels like his penalties are worth more than some people's though, as in they feel like eight point penalties. Sure. Unlike maybe well, he's, he's guaranteed bonus, isn't he? If he gets any attacking return, he's basically guaranteed bonus. Which maybe because we concede as well. Well, exactly, exactly. So, and I mean, Luke Shaw's not playing. Anana's not racking up the expected um, bonus points that he was meant to hoover up. So, yeah, Bruno feels that he's very, he doesn't have to do very much to hit double digits. See, I think, I think the Bruno thing comes down to the expected tactics. So, if Man United were at full strength. Uh, you know, we knew the lineup, we knew where everyone was playing. I'd probably order it Bruno, Saka, Rashford. And again, that assumes Saka isn't injured. Firstly, I'm taking penalties there. I'm always taking penalties and I'm taking minutes. I think both Bruno and Saka are higher than Rashford on those. But then maybe Rashford has more open play threat than either of those. I think that's reasonable. So the question then becomes, well, if it's between Bruno and Rashford, if Bruno is in a role that we think, you know, if he's deep or out on the right, and you'll know better than me, if that doesn't suit him from an FPL sense, then maybe that's where he drops below Rashford. But I think that's what I'd have to pivot my decision on. In terms of just a straight shootout at, at full power, I think Bruno is a marginally better FPL option than Rashford. I feel like to, I don't want to slate Saka, but the reason that I would, I would sell Saka over the other two is, I mean, I don't think he's on penalties. I think he's going to, it's looking to me like Odegaard and Saka are going to rotate penalties. So if we go by that assumption, and I know Gianni was said he heard that Odegaard was holding the ball, which I guess yeah, isn't that Captains predictive. always hold the ball. We're in like yeah. massive nar narrative territory here. <laughs> All right, so, so let's, let's just assume he takes every other penalty. Or there's a chance, even if there's a 50% chance that he's 50-50 on penalties. Let's say he's a 75% chance of pens. We have to bump that down for Saka because he obviously took the last penalty. And obviously I am building narratives here, um, but, but this is what I've had to do to justify in my mind that I'm looking to do Saka to Son. So I'm taking into account that he might be playing with an injury because, I mean, <laughs> Arsenal fans have been saying that he's not been playing well for a while. I wasn't that particularly impressed with him in the England game when m most England games in the last year, he's been absolutely incredible. So yeah, I'm having to use really bad eye test. I'm having to clutch at straws, but that's why for me, 
I would sell Saka over Bruno or Rashford. It's, I guess the question is if I would sell Saka at all. So I think, I mean, you've said it yourself, right? You're kind of, you know your conclusion and you're trying to arrive at it, which, yes. hey, fair enough. You but know that's what we course. have to do as FPL managers. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. just being honest I'm about it. <laughs> F- yes. FPL is making decisions on not enough information, right? If you wait for enough information, the FPL season's over. On on that, I think Saka still is the primary penalty taker, but you have to adjust down your expectations of him taking every penalty. If they get six this season, maybe he takes four, four and a half, five, something like that in terms of probability obviously you can't take four and a half penalties therefore you could maybe drop him yeah good point you could drop him below like say rashford if you think he's not nailed on penalties anymore because i remember looking with you and andy in pre-season that if saka had lost penalties he really suffers as an fpl option he drops down to like identical xgi as erdegaard and martinelli and interestingly they had a very similar xg and xa split as well so similar points potential but of course, if he's lost penalties, potentially one of those other ones has gained them and therefore they would massively leapfrog up and necessarily then Saka would drop well below Fernandes and Rashford, I think. I can't believe we're having to almost talk Praz into... Well, I'm almost trying to talk Praz into keeping Man United players. I'm, I'm talking you into keeping Saka. I mean, honestly, yeah. Rich, you need to sell Saka knowing he's a good pick. Forget about injuries. Forget about penalties. Mm-hmm. Assume he's taking penalties. Assume he's he's got decent minutes. He's not injured. And make that move, knowing that you're taking a little bit of a risk for a little bit of upside, and it's okay to be wrong. No, I, exactly. I really think we made better. the point in the chat that we made earlier that in game week eight, that move's almost certainly happening. So yeah, but that doesn't apply to me because I will no. definitely have Madison as well. So for me, that Saka to Madison move can happen in game week eight. It doesn't need to be Saka to Sun. Okay, no, that that makes sense. That makes sense. So you're definitely bringing in two Spurs. I will definitely have for Luton. Yeah. In a week where, you know, Arsenal play Man City, there's no chance I'll play Sun over Madison. Okay. Sorry, um, Saka over Madison. I mean, it sounds to me like you're selling Bruno for Son. I have <laughs> three hours. Is Sun rising today? I mean, what a what a pickup line. What a line, right? Um, let's, let me check. No, uh, he was on about 80 odd percent, although it's Friday night, so he could be on plus 200 percent shortly. Sun is on 80, yeah. 88 okay yeah so maybe i will have to it's a double team thing uh, and i just like i said it's it's an instinct and i could be wrong and if i was playing old school fpl no content creation not having to talk about my moves on tuesday why i did it or justifying it on a friday why i'm looking to do it i won't even think about it that's my first instinct that i don't want to man united even though it makes sense to do it and i feel Rashford should thrive. Bruno should do well as well. And I'm doing it in the knowledge that Bruno will do well. He'll probably get a penalty in the next three or four games. But hey, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. No, I, th- like I thought Rashford. you were. I thought I thought you were. I just actually genuinely didn't think you were going to sell Bruno, but you put Sorry, forward. Bruno. Yeah, sounds like Bruno. I said Rashford. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like you're on Bruno, my friend. I think it's close, right? It's, it is... Uh, you, yourself or Rich, I think mentioned earlier when looking at some of the models, there's like you know one expected point or EV between all of them over these three weeks or whatever. Uh, and I think that you know that one point or one EV almost comes down to how sensitive you are over taking hits later or rolling transfers or whatever. You know, you could tweak your settings on any of these models and get it to recommend you whatever you wanted, and it looked quite reasonable. I think the takeaway there is that it's quite close to a coin toss. And so maybe we come back to what decision are you going to sleep happiest with? If yeah. if that's how you have to make your decision, I think that's entirely reasonable. Should we account for price movement in this at all as well? Because obviously I, I, as engage managers, if Son Hall, let's say Son got another you know 20 odd points this week, we know that the fixtures, the next two fixtures are bad. So we're not going to be buying him. But I can imagine <laughs> he will rise in price, you know, over two weeks as well, when we'd be planning on getting him, he could rise 0. 0.2 to 0.4.5. I think that's a really good argument if you don't have a wildcard. So if I'm wildcarding an eight, of course, any price rise would hurt me, but I know I can make it work. Whereas for yourselves, if you want to hold your wildcard a bit longer, yeah, that's quite a good argument to go now. Because you're not going to be able to buy him. As in, yeah, you're then... not going to be able to buy him, you know, in the next two game weeks without... Uh, you know, being questioned on, on why. <laughs> well, my counter to that is in game week 10, mm-hmm. at least the wildcard I built, and obviously we're way far from that. But my first instinct on game week 10 is I won't have Sun game week 10 wildcard because I'll have a Salah Haaland team. And for the next four or five game weeks, Spurs, are fi- Spurs fixtures are okay. 
they're not amazing from game week 10 onwards so i feel like the time when sala has the good fixtures i can go sala halen setup and then i can go sala tusan and then use that money to upgrade elsewhere at least that was the initial instinct and for game week 8 wild carders it's not that big of an issue because you won't miss out the price rise maybe you buy a sun for 9.3 or something or 9.4 it's not the end of the world that's interesting you're going to have both i guess that makes more not to move too much onto wild card but that makes sense while while you while you're wild carding cuz i think in my head i was looking at game week 10 wild cards and i don't think i'd have harland because i just looked i'm not going to captain harland at all so that's why i'm almost thinking i don't need to use a wild card like you to in 8 to 10 i mean probably looking at my team you a lot of people would argue against that and i do need to use a wild card but but because it's so easy for me to get to salah because i'm willing to sell harland so i guess all of these thoughts about our transfers today that all feeds into you know the long term game week 10 plus yeah 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 i guess we should talk captain c but before we do that there's a super chat so i think we should just address yes. that um so mark sweeney thank you is asking he has richarlison and trent who are both minutes risks and or injured uh and he wants sun and share for the two of them do i take a four point hit or do i wild card early seb you know the wild card early is actually quite tempting but you'd always want to go at the beginning of a week just to catch those little price changes it's only a small thing but it feels like you know make it getting the most out of your wild card i'd be tempted not to take a hit if the rest of your team can cover it i'm guessing your defense can probably cover a defender being out so i would probably prioritize the midfield move but of course that assumes you can afford those changes so i think bottom on my list would be a hit i would have wild carded if i'd known that information earlier myself but maybe we didn't that's entirely fine so i'd try and just make one and then make the newcastle transfer say next week because newcastle are a better medium term i think versus say son son you want this week so if if money allows that's what i'd do yeah i'm going I'm going to guess he can't do it with the with the money because he has Trent as well right so if, to afford a Trent Haaland son type setup I would just say take the hit then I guess right yeah I agree I mean I think if we assume there's no bench at all I don't think that's a bad hit I think that you're bringing in two players who you, who you're going to want and actually I'm quite jealous I can't get to a Newcastle defender this week that was my plan that's why I've got Dan Robertson but <laughs> other things have cropped cropped up so yeah i like like it. saka being injured right <laughs> yeah the fantasy i've built around saka for example <laughs> <laughs> i think like i mean i'm usually quite hit averse but i think you make good points if the good times to use hits are doubles blanks where you're buying extra fixtures or if you can't put out 11 and can solve that for the medium term not just like a one week fix i think that's where hits are are really good to use Yeah, should we okay. I'll, I'll really briefly put my team on the screen. Um sure. and then we'll move on to captaincy because I think that's that's interesting as well for the the so- well, this has basically become the son show and we haven't even got Sonaldo on here so I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure he'll be pleased. Harry's yeah. in the chat and he also wants son so bad but Harry's going to do it for See the problem I think one macro point we haven't discussed mm-hmm. is people who have Madison already so let's say a lot of people went Sterling last week or Foden like said they some some went Madison and obviously they got points last week. instead of the ones that went sterling but the problem is they're now thinking if i get sun for saka i'm going to be looking at my team next week and i'll have two players playing arsenal away and the week after i'll have two of my midfielders playing liverpool at home you may be of the view that who cares i mean it's fine or i can still make further transfers maybe i get sun this week next week i sell madison for foden if he's playing nottingham forest at home and so on and so forth i mean we have a menu of options in midfield I do understand that a little bit that you're whole, you're being a little bit more conservative on Spurs this week because you already have the upside with Madison and you can be a bit more patient and get Sun in game wicket. I do get that. Do you guys sort of are in the same camp, Rich? If if I had Madison for example, I wouldn't be rushing to get Son in unless something really obvious was there like I had Richarlison for example and the money in the bank. It would have to be a specific scenario. Um I'd be more than happy with I mean for example I wouldn't do Madison to Son. I've not seen people doing that but I mean I definitely wouldn't be doing that for example. Um I'll just captain Haaland and, and play Madison. So I think I guess I can provide the opposite side of that for for interest. I I totally hear wanting to look at it at a team level and thinking oh I don't want two players against a tough fixture or whatever. But I would always encourage people to think of FPL as an individual thing. You know we kind of mentioned it earlier if Man United lose 6-4 but you've got too many other players that's still probably a good thing for you. I think yeah you might look at your team and go oh now I've got two bad fixtures 
but you're picking individuals, not the team. So if there was a reason to pick one individual with a good fixture and then a bad fixture, that reason doesn't necessarily change for the second player, other than you're obviously compounding your opportunity cost. But I think we can be too tempted to go, oh, I don't want this team as opposed to this player. FPL is a game of players, not teams. Fair. So just on, I'll go through my team very quickly. Um, sure. It's quite similar to, to Praz's. Um, Actually, that's probably offensive to your team. Apart I've from got the same Rico Lewis and Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. So I've got Turner in goal. I've got Ruben Diaz, Chilwell and Robertson in defence. Same midfield, like I said, as Prowse. So Sterling, Saka, Bruno, Mbuemo and Rashford. I've got Haaland, who's captain at the moment. Yao Pedro. And then my bench is Archer, Estepinian and Lewis. I, all, I think all week I was thinking I was going to bring a doggy or, well, or Porro in. I think I was leaning towards Porro. Then I noticed I could do Ruben Diaz to Trippier. But because the double game week got announced, if I did Ruben Trippier, Ruben, Ruben Trippier? If I did Ruben Diaz to Trippier, I'd have nothing in the bank. And then obviously Pedro's dropped in price. I'd be blocking myself out of Colton Morris um, easily. So I called on that idea and I was just like, look, I'm just going to roll this this week. And then, yeah, then the Saka to Son thoughts have been, yeah, quite overwhelming. Probably in the last, I mean, on Monday, I was dead set. I wasn't going to go Son. Probably the last, like, 30 40 hours i've been umming and ahhing i got back from work this afternoon i was like i'm definitely going to do saka to son and i think that gets us into the captaincy quite nicely because i'm not that convinced on son captain i'm really really torn maybe because of what happened with salah so many times last year and i felt like in a lot of the weeks i captained salah that salah was a much better captain option than son um is this week and it Mm. still all went wrong I mean, what I'd say is I'm with you. So I'm not doing the the transfer because I feel I have to captain Sun. I think mm. these are two separate decisions. I mean, it helps if I wanted to captain and I wanted to get that double effect of getting the best player this week. I, it helps. But that is not my reason for going for Sun. I just think Sun could be the pick, a high ceiling pick over the next five weeks. And I want to get on that now. If he scores... 19 points and Haaland scores 20 points I think it still makes sense if I feel Haaland outscores him to get to captain Haaland and my my feeling is there'll be other weeks when there's a bigger gap I think what you've talked about I think you know Sheffield United could be anything now people use low block or whatever but it could be just a 1-0 2-0 game Uh, cities could be 1-0 2-0 as well but I just think we know a lot more about Haaland, the beast, where he's going to play, he's going to be on penalties, he's going to. we know where he plays, as opposed to a son where we're saying he should play up top, he should be on pens. But all of that is still, I think, let's say 90% certainty or 95% certainty. So when we add all those things up, he's not the same. He's not Salah playing Sheffield United. It's slightly less than that. So therefore, I'm also hesitant to captain as of now. But that decision can wait till 12 or 11.30 tomorrow. Right now, the whole mind is who to sell. And that's where I am. I don't know. Seb, you're sort of, you have you don't have son. What would you do if you did? Yeah, so I guess it's important to say I have the luxury of just saying this without consequences because I only have Haaland, so I will be captaining Haaland. I would captain son. I will, I will jump off my usual fence and say I'm pretty certain I would captain son. I think... We've spent most of this show saying why Son is a probably a good pick as a transfer. Now, of course, that's not over Haaland, so it is a different conversation. But if your reasoning for making the transfer holds, I think it probably holds for captaincy, or at least only holds, you know, slightly worse. And I think there's a big enough gap. If you think Son is on penalties, if you think he's playing up front, if you don't think Sheffield United's tactics are going to affect Tottenham's tactics or Son specifically, enough that you can pick him. Sure, knock 5% off for the captaincy because now you're now you're versus Haaland, not versus Bruno Fernandes. But I still think Son comes out ahead. The one point I think you make, which would make me question that, is we might get bigger gaps over the rest of the season. I agree. I think we might. But that's just a reason to pick those times, not to not pick this time, I think. There's going to be a lot of weeks we don't captain Haaland, on paper anyway. Um, I mean, looking forward, especially, we, you know, there's good Liverpool fixtures as well. So... I think we are going to have to get used to going against Haaland. But I think it's because I can't decide on if I'm going to do the Saka to Son move. I don't want to jump ahead and say I'm definitely going to captain as well. As well. Um, uh, one reason I would do Son captain over Haaland is because it's more fun. As in, as in if it goes well, 
It's, it's fun if it goes well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the trauma. Uh, I mean, last season I did game week nine, Captain Salah, best captain playing home to Brighton. And then Haaland played away to Man United. No, home to Man United. And uh, yeah, it didn't go well. So you I sort remember. of think about the thing, times it didn't work. I don't think I've ever successfully captained against Haaland. Does it matter? No. But does it play in our heads? Yes. I think I might be with you. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever won that. And yet I will still no. keep making it if I think it's the right call, which might be my folly. Like I'm not saying that's the way to play the game. Yeah. Maybe this could be the time. <laughs> Maybe this, <could laughs> this, be the time. Time. this time, I believe. Of course, of course. I believe. I don't think there's a right answer here. Um, but I guess what we can leave people with is that we are not sure. Uh, we're not making the move only because we're looking to Captain Sun. I think it's okay to make the move or at least consider the move even if you're not sure on captain because you think it's a pick for the next five weeks and you want to get on it now. I do have a question. Yeah, they are, they are two separate. You, Seb. Yeah. So you said you're captain Son because it feels like you've got a bit less bias because you're not having to think about if you do the transfer or not. Yeah. So you're captain Son over Haaland. Yes. Would you captain Madison, Salah, Udogi? Um, I think I would captain Salah over Haaland, although I will admit because I'm nowhere near Salah, I've given that even yeah. less thought. Without Trent. I, don't think I would Madison. I'd love to have Madison, but I think at that point, you know, probably we're thinking Madison doesn't have penalties. Son probably does. If Son is up front, you know, all the logic we've gone through tonight, I think Son has a higher floor, ceiling, whatever, just point expectation than Madison. And I think it's a big enough of a difference for me to then edge back to Haaland over Madison, maybe. But it would still be an interesting conversation if I had Madison. I'm I'm in that fortunate or unfortunate position where I don't need to think about it. <laughs> See, I definitely wouldn't go Madison. It would be if I, I mean, I wouldn't go. I'm leaning, I'm struggling to justify Son at the moment. It, I'd have to have the penalties on a player to, to go against Haaland. I can just see West Ham don't have much possession, do they? And I know City aren't as good away from home. But I mean, if Haaland scores three or four goals, it's not, it's not shocking. I guess I, one question here that we've maybe alluded to, but not asked directly is risk appetite. So... Whether you think Haaland or Son scores more, let's say we don't think it's going to be a massive difference. Therefore, are you captaining Haaland just to be safe because most people will captain Haaland? Or do you go Son because it could potentially bring a very big rank jump, also a very big rank fall? Where do you fall on that side? I don't really worry about rank personally it, this early because I think it's all irrelevant. There's a lot of time to catch up unless the swing is 20 points, which I refer to game week nine last year, which was 18 points. Uh, so that's a brutal swing and we don't expect that. I think we're talking five, 10 points, you know, either way. And even 10 points is, is quite brutal in terms of captaincy swing. So I'm not that worried, but my point is I don't have full information to say I made the right decision. It was a bad outcome. Because I can, let's say if Haaland scores a couple of goals and Sun either plays off the left or plays up top, but has a quiet game, three shots, none, none of them went in. I'll say, yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. Sun, Sun played up top, but, you know, he's not Haaland. He's, it's a different team. It's, we're still learning about Spurs. So this is what, this is what I mean. I, while I think there's an opportunity with Sun in the future for many weeks, there is a there, there is a world where Sun becomes the second best pick in the game. I'm not sure about it, so I'm happy to jump, take a risk with by selling a Bruno or a Saka, but I'm not yet ready to take that risk. Not because I hate EO or I'm afraid of EO, because I'm not yet convinced with the information that I've learned in the first four weeks. Yeah, and I I love taking risks. I mean, I used to love them a lot more than I I do now. I think I have tried to calm it calm it down a bit, but that makes the game fun for me. You know, going against the the big EO captain. But I mean, something I've, I mean, I knew this already, but something you have to do is not only does Son have to do really well, and it sounds so obvious, but Haaland needs to blank as well. The number of times I've gone against the high, you know, the most popular captain, my player's done fine, but then so's the EO captain. I mean, you know, if, if Son scores 20 points, Haaland scores 20 points, the 20 points are literally worth the same. I know there's been debates about EO, but that's literally the maths in how it works yeah. and I know I don't need to tell you two that so we not only need Son to do well but then we need Haaland to not do well and it's the Haaland not doing well that's that's the thing that's in the back of my mind plus I haven't actually transferred the player in yet so <laughs> and I think if I didn't this is the funny thing if I didn't own Son which I don't um, and Captain Haaland I think it would be easy for me to say Son's the best captain 
But when it's actually your team, I think it is a, a lot harder because there is the psychological part of the game as well. Like, you know, what you're doing at the weekend. <laughs> I have one other way to think about it. As So I, this refers to you, maybe other people who don't have Madison. Again, completely against what Seb just said, they're individual players or whatever. But, you know, just, just thinking about it in, in this way. Let's say Sun, you captain Sun, he doesn't do that well. There's a world in which Spurs have not done well, right? That's why Sun didn't do well. So let's say it's a nil-nil game or just a one-nil where Kulusevski scores from a corner that Perisic took. So Madison also didn't do well. So even though your captain failed, one of your biggest threats around you also didn't do well. Obviously, there's a scenario where Sun blanks and Madison scores a brace from a couple of free kicks. But this is one way I was thinking about it where... Maybe that's what happens. And if Spurs do badly and you captain Sun, you have a little bit of hedge that you don't have the other popular player in Madison. Do you I, think a lot around that? I really I really like that point because actually there is part of me when it's say I captain a player, I like to have as many attackers from that team as possible. Like if I have, you know, triple Man City, I'm much more happy captaining, you know, a City player because you've got, I know it's the opposite of what you were saying, but you've got that total upside. Hmm. And I guess... Actually, to be honest, with both these captains, none of us have that upside, do we? Because, well, actually, Seb's got Foden. So I guess you have the you have more upside on the Harlan captaincy than me or Praz do. Maybe. I think I, guess, I think the way to maybe rationalise that is if we're counting players. So if I have Madison and Son and I captain mm. neither, I have two Spurs players. If I have Madison, Son and Son captain, I have three Spurs players effectively. But what I'm probably doing is giving up two Harlands. I think that's maybe an interesting way to try and rationalise it. And in that case, yeah, it is then very tempting to say, okay, how do I think the team are going to do? But I think team and individual performance are so so intrinsically linked when we talk about this, at least in a predictive sense. After the fact, Spurs could win 6-0 and Son could do nothing because that's football. Or the opposite, they could lose 5-1, but Son scored the one and you're happy anyway. But we don't know that. So I think we just have to go with what we think is you know most likely. And so I think linking the two, especially with attacking players like this, is something we have to be careful with. But when put like that, when it's sort of counting players, if you expect a certain result, I guess you're talking about putting eggs in baskets. And so I can see the rationale for that, even if it's not what I'd necessarily use to make my decision, because it feels a bit more sort of like trying to cover unknowns or or maybe my emotional response to it, as opposed to just what I think the numbers are telling me. Excellent. Um, Rich, any other sort of dilemmas in your team now or in future weeks that we should cover off? I have one last question to you guys after once you once we finish your team. I mean, one of mine would be, it's probably too long to go into, but I really want Trippier. But I feel like Robertson, who's the placeholder, I just don't have the transfer at the moment. And obviously Robertson's still taking corners. So, and they were one of the few teams to keep a clean sheet last week. So I'm kind of on Robertson where I'd like to have Trippier because I feel like the gap between them is not actually that big it's definitely not big enough to do a hit for example mm. so i might have to go with that trip here which makes me sad but i guess you know the plans have to change i mean i'm, I'm looking at you know even a share but i am looking at a, a newcastle defender in the next week or two if things pan out the way i think they will which is chelsea look okay they don't disappoint yeah. massively <laughs> uh, because if they do then there are bigger problems for people like you and me who hold three. Oh, actually, you hold two. I have three. So, yeah, I might need those transfers if things don't work out. But I hear you. I think Newcastle defence, I think we're all big on. I, I assume Seb is as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think, obviously, when we're talking about teams, like we were a minute ago, the one time where you can maybe group players more easily as teams because clean sheets are shared. So, say you were, say you did miss Trippier, that hurts. But at least you can still access the clean sheets elsewhere. And I think that's a nice backup to have. Good. Last question from me. Uh, and this is, again, coming back to Sun, who do sell Saka versus Bruno. One thing I didn't talk about is Bruno is 15, 18%. Saka is 65% owned. Does that does that change your mind in terms of being wrong in either of them, Rich? Because I, both are good picks. I didn't realise that at all. I'm actually quite shocked. But actually, I'm not shocked because I knew Saka was highly owned. But no, no, it it, it doesn't. I, I really, do, I, I just can't bear selling. I, actually, that's too strong. I can't bear selling Bruno. But <laughs> I, I look at my future plans and the way I'm going to save transfers so that I don't need to wildcard is basically by sticking with Bruno Fernandes and, and Rashford. 
So I kind of feel I'm not going to touch them. I thought Saka was a player I wouldn't touch. And maybe I'll change my mind. I've still got, you know, I haven't done it yet. Um, but that no, that's, it's an interesting stat. I think I care more about EO when it comes to Haaland captaincy more than anything else. It's not even EO. It's like the the cost of, I guess EO is also that, but cost of being wrong because we're selling two really good players, two players that can score 15 pointers. Do you want to sell the one that's, could have that ceiling that is 65% versus it came in my head. And that yeah. also, maybe I'm also in this confirmation bias stage where I'm like, oh, I was going to lean towards Bruno anyway. And he's lower owned than Saka, like four, 4x lower owned, maybe lower risk. Seb, I, I, Seb you want to say something? I, just quickly, I do, I do think I will bring Saka back, as in I don't think he'll be gone for long. Okay. So it's just this little period. But yeah, sorry, Seb. Oh, don't be sorry. No, thank you. Um, I, it's the same conversation again, really, isn't it? I think in reverse almost. If Saka scores 20 and Bruno scores 20, which one hurts you more if you sold? Obviously, it's the one that more people get the points. But but the first step there is the points. So I think we should put so much more effort into trying to predict the points than we should what that means for EO, that so much of the time EO then doesn't matter unless the points are very, very close in our predictions or we are trying to emotionally hedge, which is entirely valid. But if we're not trying to do either of those things, which I don't think we are with these midfielders, maybe more with Haaland, I think you just go for the one that you think has the higher points potential and don't worry about percentage ownership. Mm. But the points are close is the problem. Sure. Really and I guess that's close. what brings us all back around to this conversation, doesn't it? Where <laughs> yes. Now getting, you can go getting, back to the beginning getting of Getting solid is a good move, <laughs> but is it Saka? Is it Rashford? Is it Bruno? Uh, yeah, it's it's so close that we need we need a new piece of information, which I'm, I'm so sorry that's not helpful for people watching this. We need, oh, Saka's got a knock or Bruno is definitely playing in a position we don't like. That's the piece of information we need to be sure. If we don't have that, when you find out whether you were right or wrong on Sunday, remember that now, right now, we didn't know. And yep. I don't think there was a bad decision. No, I think this whole season is going to be like this. I mean, they're both ridiculously priced. And I think, you know, if it was an obvious thing, like you said, if there was a knock, this wouldn't even be a discussion. I think the reason we've talked about this for nearly the entirety of of the 50 minutes is because it's it's not a normal move. Normally transfers are for doing quite obvious things because, you know, things things crop up. I don't, This is not obvious at all. This will um, happen a lot this year. Yeah. But it, it should be more fun. But I think it's going to be more fun if you're on the right side of it. Put it that way. <laughs> All right. Shall we end it there? Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. But we'll be back yeah, next next week. Thank you for joining us, Seb. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, yeah. first first stream, actually, Seb, you and I are doing together. So thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Real pleasure. Yeah, norm- normally you run away when I do one with Snowden, right? <laughs> get out yes, indeed. Yeah. indeed. <laughs> and I'll be streaming with Seb again on, on Monday. So we haven't oh, got yes. long. To celebrate we'll, the weekend, we'll, we'll then find then. out if any of this conversation yielded good or bad results. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's of course, see what there won't on... be any variance in the outcome. Oh, no, you make me nervous. Let's let, we've got to end this. I'm, I'm quite nervous as it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you everybody for joining. Thank you. See you all soon. <laughs>